You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, I'm all excited to have a new project. I am uh, writing the outline for a new TV series I want to pitch to Netflix. From what I can tell, given the number of shows uh, on Netflix, almost anybody can get a show produced, I think. <laughs> just just my, my opinion. But uh, it's about an ethical man who is uh, well-respected in the community, and he makes a series of um, increasingly bad uh, ethical choices. And he just kind of goes down and down and down, downhill from there. I'm calling the series, see what you think about this, Breaking Rudy. What, <laughs> what do you think? Do I, do I have a hit here? <laughs> it's an awesome idea, but I think you're being way too kind to Rudy, fictional or not. Really? You don't well, think he was ever a good guy? Well, he might have been. But it sounds as if you suspect that he just made some bad choices. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do think it's one of the great mysteries, like how did he end up this way? But I think it's more likely greed and that desire to be close to power. Yeah. And those, those aren't just like, oh, I, I made a bad decision and I rented the wrong car. Yeah. You're right. And actually, a lot of what we know about Rudy uh, indicates he was not always such a great guy. Remember the time uh, he announced that he was getting divorced and remarried to the woman, but he hadn't told his wife yet. Right. Yeah, that came as kind of a surprise to surprised her. Maybe Rudy wasn't always such a great guy. He probably was always a schmuck and You know, I think he was always a bit of a bully. So that probably played well in the Southern District of New York where he was putting Martha Stewart in jail and, Mm -hmm. you know, fighting against the bad guys who brought down the Twin Towers. But I do think that he had a, a reputation of being a law and order type. I don't think anyone thought he was corrupt when he was at the U.S. Attorney's Office. But his life has taken just such a bizarre turn since then. Yeah, it really has. And, I mean, things really have been all about Rudy for a long time. I mean, he loved the spotlight. One of the funniest things I ever heard was somebody said, you know what a sentence sounds like from Rudy Giuliani? A subject, a verb, and 9-11. Remember that when he, so that when he was, was that was our president. That was Joe Biden's. Was it? He it said was. that he was. He said Rudy is a, a, a noun, a verb, and nine eleven. Yeah. Well, I guess he had uh, right. And now it appears that I mean, it's one thing to be a bad guy. It's one thing to have like a meth uh, kitchen or factory in your house. It's one thing to do all those things, but to be a Russian agent. And that's really bad. Yeah, it's low. And I thought, um, so in case anybody hasn't been following the news, uh, Rudy's apartment, I guess apartment I think he lives in, 
was a warrant was served on him by the FBI to take his electronic devices. He went on Tucker Carlson this week, which again is, you know, oh, boy. Kind, I bet that was a hard hitting interview. Exactly. All <laughs> kinds of stupid. And during the argument, he he claims that he offered to the FBI three hard drives of uh, Hunter Biden's. So whole other issue. Why does he have Hunter Biden's hard drives? He offers them to the FBI and the FBI says, no, we're not here for that. You don't need to give us that. So his, you know, shtick then to to Tucker Carlson was, well, they don't know. They could have been mine and I could have been tricking them. So why wouldn't they have taken those? As if that's some kind of conspiracy. And I'm sure it is running in those circles as a conspiracy now that the FBI is refusing to take Hunter Biden's. Um, hard drives, but it sounds dumb. Like regular people, practical people listen to that and say, well, why would you have three of Hunter Biden's hard drives? And why haven't you turned them over to the FBI before this? And why didn't you turn over your stuff to the FBI before this as well? Because he's been under investigation for a couple of years. Absolutely. And you know, I've heard parts of uh, him being interviewed, and the central thing seems to be, listen, I was cooperating. I, you know, they had no reason to, he, he goes through a whole thing on this, crashed down my door at 6 a.m. Well, they didn't really crash it down, but they, they knocked in a crashing manner, and they didn't need <laughs> to do any, any of this. I wish I was making that up. Uh, they didn't need to do any of this. You know, the funny thing is that the FBI uh, and a federal judge looked at this carefully and came to the conclusion that they did need to do this, that they couldn't trust him to bring things out. And not only couldn't trust some citizen, but knowing how difficult, I don't know what the word is, precarious it is to uh, take the things of a lawyer. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. You know, you're always kind of nervous. Are we going to cross the line on the lawyer's relationship with his client, especially when his client was the president of the United States? I got to believe a federal judge thought long and hard before they issued this warrant. Don't you think so? I agree. I mean, not that I've, I've, first of all, I've never done criminal law and nor have I ever been the subject of an FBI investigation, but I do agree that lawyers, judges are very reluctant to get in between the attorney client relationship because it's really sacrosanct. sacrosanct. It's like the uh, penitent confessor relationship. You have to have places where people can be honest with someone and in a system like ours that allows people, you know, that you're innocent until proven guilty. So the state can't come in and take that evidence to prove guilt that a lawyer has. But I, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, John, is that this has less to do with Trump, at least at this moment, and more to do with um, Rudy's not registering as a foreign agent and then um, 
paying the um, Ukrainian government for dirt on Hunter Biden? Well, I think it does, but uh, it is all tangled up with Trump. You know, I, I think, and again, you know, I'm not a lawyer at all, but occasionally I had to try and nail some kid on a plagiarism count, you know, which is within my, my purveyance. You know, you've got to find, don't you, something specific uh, that's actually criminal. There may be a lot of things Rudy or somebody else did that, that were just nasty. I shouldn't have done them. But, but what is the one that absolutely there is a statute? You know who I learned that from? The Republicans who all through the impeachment and everything else kept saying, point to specifically what he did wrong. What statute did he vi violate? Well, Rudy, we're telling you, you're required to register as a foreign agent if you're going to lobby on their behalf. And you didn't do that. And that's bad, Rudy. It's like really bad. So one of the other things, and I read this, I think it was in Vanity Fair, actually, that um, in 2019, Rudy had bragged really that he was the one who had convinced Trump to fire Maria Yovanovitch. Remember her? She yeah. testified it. And um, that in itself is not legal to you know peddle your influence. The question that the Department of Justice is looking at right now is, was he paid to do that? And did he do that on the behalf of the Ukrainian government who did not like her? And so if that were true, that he lobbied the president to fire the ambassador on behalf of the Ukrainian government and for money, that's a serious crime. And that's targeted to Rudy, but that does implicate Trump as well. So I think it's interesting. And, you know, Rudy was never one not to just say what he had done. Yeah. So if they get him on that and they can make the money connection, which his, you know, electronics is probably going to prove, then he's in a lot of trouble. I guess my question to you is, do you think that he'd give Trump up? Well, you know, on one hand, he likes to be the whack job, you know, say I'm strong, I stand behind him. But you get one look at a uh, prison cell and start thinking about it multiplied by years. I think you change your opinion of a lot of things. I mean, what he always would have said was, hey, it's OK. I'm, you know, I can get pardoned. But now, oh, no, Donald Trump's not president anymore. You can't get pardoned. And he probably wouldn't have helped you anyway. So, well, it's interesting, John, because there's another story in the news, of course, in the world of wackos, that Greenberg, who's the friend of Gates, right? Yeah. And he had hired Stone to pay 25000 He was going to pay Stone $25,000 if Stone could convince Trump to pardon him. And in the letter he wrote to Stone, and again, I think it's Politico that's reporting this, uh, he admitted that both he and Gates had had sex with this 17-year-old. Now, it is worse to admit that you've had sex with an underage person than it is to admit that you paid money, you were paid money by Ukraine 
to get the ambassador fired? I mean, wouldn't you say which of those two? If you had to admit one of those crimes, which one would you admit? Yeah, to? yeah, yeah. I think the Gatesir uh, has the worst worst one here, and they are both, Rudy, worse than what you put Martha Stewart in jail for. Exactly. That's so funny. You go back to his life as the U.S. attorney. And he was just such a bully and, and went after people in such a vicious way. And here what he's done is, you know, on a scale, mm-hmm. appears to be worse than what they had done. Well, so, it absolutely is. You know, the only thing that would really make this better, if Matt Gates hired Rudy Giuliani as his lawyer, wouldn't that be? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. And, you know, I did read about, uh, uh, is it Greenberg? Is that the fellow's yeah, name? Green, yeah, Greenberg, yeah. Yeah, uh, the letter. Boy, talk about having a good friend. Not only does he say, yeah, I did it, but he says, uh, let me be sure you're spelling Gates right. Yes, we did pay to have sex with a 17-year-old, but we thought she was 19, and we later found out she was uh, was 17. Oh, Oh, okay. You guys are stand-up guys. That makes it all better. God, yeah, you're you're like, how old are they? Like in their thirties or something? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What What do they think that a bunch of nineteen-year-olds are dying to have sex with them? Well, I think. I it, yeah, in Matt's Matt's case, uh, I think it may be the sport coats that he wears. You know, this <laughs> check. Is this Snarky Friday? Am I on the yeah. right? Right there. Yeah. You know, there is one thing. I, I'm sorry, I'm looping back a little bit, but I didn't know this before. I was interested to find out. The uh, agents who went on the uh, to do the search warrant and search Rudy's uh, apartment could not have any relationship with the investigation. They like, couldn't be lawyers or agents or anybody that was actually active in the investigation. And what I'm told is, or what I read is, that the fear is that uh, they may, you know, inadvertently stumble on something which, in fact, would violate uh, attorney privilege. And so that's got to be kept secret. And then, again, if I understand it, there is another group, another independent group that goes through the material and makes a judgment before it goes to the investigating team of whether or not this material might might cause a, a problem. Does that all sound plausible to you? So it's interesting. I didn't know that first part, but as soon as you said it, I thought, well, of course that makes, makes sense. I did know the inter- intermediate step because I have a couple times been involved with cases where the privilege was uh, in question. And so we had um, either high, I think one time we had a, a different law firm and one time a judge. I can't, it's funny, I can't remember exactly the facts, but someone else got to look at that stuff before um, the defense team, our team did. Huh. So, and so it was just, it, again, it's just one of those things that lawyers are very, very careful about. And part of it's the understanding, John, is that you can't unring a bell. So if you see a piece of evidence, um, it's, you know, it's going to frame your theory of the case. And if that evidence is then tainted because it's privileged, it's not tainted, but it's privileged and you shouldn't know it, 
then you really have to recuse yourself off the case. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah. I have to run. I have a meeting with the casting director for Breaking Rudy, and I, I'm proposing Louis C.K. to play Rudy. What do you think? Oh, my God. I will never get that image out of my head. I just want you to and, know that. And if you think back, uh, there were some images of Louis C.K. that are also hard to get out of your mind. They certainly are. All right, have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.